This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, for more information on the show, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, like us and follow us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app like Podcast One and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. On the phone with me now is actor, director, producer Justin Baldini. The title of his new book is Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. Hey, Justin. Hey there. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome to Sunday Morning Magazine. Happy to be here. All right. Now, Justin, our listeners may know you from the CW hit Jane the Virgin. You also recently made the shift to director, directing movies like Five Feet Apart and Clouds. What made you want to get into directing? And was that a natural transition for you? You know, I actually was uh, I was directing before I was acting, believe it or not. I was directing uh, music videos and uh, commercials in my 20s. But before that, in high school, that was actually my dream. I, I didn't have the confidence to be an actor. I was a bit of an ugly duckling in high school. Mm. And when I, uh, when I, as a, you know, I actually talk about this in my book as a senior, um, my, uh, my, my English teacher gave me the option to, instead of writing a book report to make a movie. And, uh, I filmed an alternate ending to the great Gatsby. And I remember that's when I really fell in love and I was like, oh, I want to do this for a living. So it's always been in my bones. And, um, and, uh, over the course of the last, God, 10 years I've been directing documentaries about uh, people who are living with terminal illnesses but living amazing lives and um, unhoused folks and um, and it was a it was a natural transition for me so how did the idea for this book come together what made you want to examine masculinity as a whole I gotta say I didn't want to examine it all uh, right this was not a this, this is not something I wanted to do but it was something that I felt like I had to do and it started with myself it started with me, like just taking stock and examining a lot of the behaviors. I didn't um, understand why I was participating in a lot of the things I was doing that were causing me suffering and suffering uh, to the people that I love that were stemming from some, some part of me that I didn't understand. And what I learned was that so much of the behavior that I was frustrated with was, was not even from me. It was, it was the way that I was socialized. It was the way that the way that I was taught. And for a long time, I just kind of felt like, the world told me that I needed to be as a man was different than how I felt on the inside. And a lot of men feel that way, but we don't ever put words to it. And that kind of began my journey, figuring out like, you know, what the hell is going on with all of us guys? Why can't we ask for directions? Why can't we ask for help when we need it? Why can't we really go deep and talk to our friends? Why do we interrupt women? Why, why do we do so many of the things that we do? Why do we feel the need to provide and protect and succeed in all areas of our lives and compare our success to other people? Um, all of this stuff, I just wanted to start unpacking. And, uh, and over the course of that, I ended up doing a Ted talk. And then from there, it's, uh, it's when we decided to write the book. So, all right. Now the title of the book is man enough undefining my masculinity. Now let's talk about the role that culture and heritage plays in how masculinity is viewed, because I think it's viewed differently from different cultures. Yeah. You know, as I said, I'm not, a, I'm, I wouldn't call myself an expert on any of this stuff. I'm just a guy that's been unpacking it. And so the book is really a lot of personal stories and anecdotes. Um, and I tie in some research here or there, but when I think about masculinity, I think that, you know, yeah, it looks different in various cultures, right? You have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have places, you know, like India 
uh, and places like, uh, you know, South America. Then you have Western cultures like, uh, you know, like Britain and America. And and while it looks different, it also also looks the same in many ways, because in patriarchal cultures and um, societies, there is a power dynamic and men sit at the top of that no matter what. And uh, when that dynamic is at play, and it's not just women who are suffering, it's men who are also suffering. And, uh, and so while it looks different, it also in many ways looks the same. And that's why you have, you know, all over the world, so many women who have been, who've been doing this work for so long. By the way, this book only is written because, you know, women have been paving the way forever uh, trying to break that glass ceiling. Um, you know, and, uh, and women have been trying to tell us for a long, long time that there's a problem and we have to fix it. And I believe, as my dear friend Liz Plank says in her book, For the Love of Men, that the liberation of women is tied to the liberation of men. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information about the show can be found on our Facebook page by following us and liking us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. On the phone with me now is actor, director, and producer Justin Baldoni. You know him from the hit CW show, Jane the Virgin. He's also a director of movies like Five Feet Apart and Clouds. The title of his new book is Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. Now, what are some of the stereotypes that are put on us as men that can really be damaging? I mean, look, first of all, the greatest myth of all of masculinity is that we have to do it by ourselves. A real man is like lone, like the lone wolf, the lone survivor, like, he can figure it out on his own. That right there, I think, is one of the most damaging things, because what we're doing is we're telling young boys that when they have problems, when they don't know the answer, when they're scared or they're, or they're hurt or they're frustrated or they don't know what to do, then they can't ask for help. That's why we have so many men killing themselves. There are men that would rather die than see a therapist or admit that they're depressed. And, um, and we have to make room for a different kind of bravery that isn't just the bravery of like physical feats and risking our bodies and our lives, but the bravery of emotional risk, emotionally risking, you know, the standing of our, of, you know, with us and other men to go and reach out and ask for help. I think another thing, oh my God, there's so many things. Another thing is that we're not allowed to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to, we're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed. There's no crying in baseball. We're not allowed to, to feel things. And, and while I understand where some of this comes from, at the end of the day, as men, we want to, end up protecting our boys from the world because the world's going to be brutal to us. At some point that's got to stop because every generation that tells their boys that they're not allowed to feel that it's not okay to have sensitivity is another generation that's perpetuating this problem. And we're creating these robots. We're becoming robots, robots that don't even know what we feel. We don't even know how to understand our feelings or we don't even know what it feels like to be depressed. Because we've drowned that stuff so far down, and it only comes out as anger. And that's another. It's a, the only socially acceptable thing for us to feel is anger. It's okay if a dude gets mad. It's mm. not okay if a dude is sad. Mm. So in the book, you go there, you talk about sexuality, you talk about porn, you talk about penis size, you talk about inadequacy. Um, let's talk about that. You brought it up in the book. Let's talk about that here. Yeah, well, what part do you want to talk about? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> what's of interest to you? What's, uh, what's of interest to you? What's on your mind this morning? Uh, all of it. When you talk about sexuality with men, let's talk about that. Yeah, man. So, look, I uh, I was introduced to porn when I was 10 years old, long before I could even have an uh, erect penis. And you got to ask yourself what that does to a 10-year-old, right? Um, it, starts off, it starts off as curiosity. It starts off as something, you know, that's... Uh, 
that's forbidden, right? It's that forbidden fruit. You're walking by newsstands as a kid, and you see the penthouse playboys up there on the top right corner, you know, where you see this beautiful woman, but the boobs are covered, and that means, boom, as a boy, I got to know what's on the other side of that. What is that? So it starts off innocent, curious. Your body starts changing, and then you're introduced to porn by other boys. And then suddenly you get access to it, and you start going to it. And then your brain tells you that this is a good thing. So you get that dopamine hit. You get that reward. And then for me, in uh, middle school and high school, you know, I was lonely. I was bullied. I was, I didn't, you know, I was made fun of. And uh, I, uh, I didn't, you know, get the girl. And so porn became something that I would go back to, as it does for many, many men when we feel alone. And, uh, you know, you start to, you start to learn about sex from other boys who really don't know anything about sex because they learn about sex from other boys, not from their fathers or their mothers or their sisters from boys. And you learn about sex from porn. So you grow up learning about these things um, from boys that are, that are uh, <laughs> inflating uh, their sense of self or telling stories that aren't even real. And then you also learn about sex from a business from the porn business that's designed to create a user that makes money off of a user, off of retention time, off of that random reward theory, which is essentially Pavlovian um, science that asks us to continue to look for something. And then boom, we get hit with a, we get hit with another cool image in the dopamine hit and we're carving new, new neural pathways in our brains. And we're linking these feelings of loneliness. If we're lonely or if we're feeling less than, um, to, you know, to new, exciting, um, images of, you know, women or people having sex. And we learn about it. This is how we learn about sex. And that stays with you for a very long time. I had experiences when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old, you know, with other boys. And a lot of men have these experiences with other boys and, you know, masturbation before I even knew what it was. What does that do? It creates an instant feeling that, that I'm inadequate because I'm behind. All of these things are built into, to, our DNA and our brains as we grow up. Um, and those experiences stay with us in all of our sexual experiences. And we have to ask ourselves, this is serving us. Why aren't we talking about sex with young boys? Why aren't we, why aren't we talking to young boys about their bodies and about erections and how they're not going to be able to control them and they shouldn't be embarrassed about it? And, you know, how do we not shame other boys and shame each other and, and laugh at each other? Um, how do we figure out a way to be more compassionate so that we can understand that as boys, we are sexual beings too, but there are, that also comes with a responsibility. Um, and there's just no real sex education for us because we're so damn afraid to have uncomfortable conversations as a culture because it's taboo. Mm -hmm. But how can something be taboo when it's literally the reason we exist on this planet? The two things that I think are the most taboo, we don't talk about death and dying, which we know every single one of us are going to do, and we can't talk about sex, which mm -hmm. is very, one of the very reasons we have life on this planet. And we got to talk about those things. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to actor, director, Justin Baldoni. The title of the book is Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. You know Justin from shows like Jane the Virgin. He also directed the movies Five Feet Apart and Clouds. Now, Justin, I know you're a father. What have you learned about masculinity as a father? And what do you want to teach your own children about masculinity? What I've learned is that masculinity is also a beautiful thing, just as femininity is. And I believe, I believe that true masculinity is having a balance 
of both masculine and feminine qualities. I'm not even going to go to like what these qualities are or deconstruct them or, or say whether they exist or don't. Let's just take the textbook definitions of what it means to be a man and a woman. I would say that we need to make room and create space for our boys to grow up knowing that it's also strong and masculine to be sensitive, to be empathetic, to be compassionate, to allow themselves to feel feelings when they have them instead of repressing them, to teach our boys to grow up not needing to protect women for the sake of their masculinity, but actually to be strong enough and brave enough to go against other boys to stand up for women before they even ever have to protect them. I want my son to grow up knowing that the strongest muscle in his whole body isn't his biceps or his legs or it's his heart. His strongest muscle is his heart because that's where it all comes from anyways. So that's uh, that's what I'm learning. That's the journey that I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Justin, I know you're out of time. You had a run here. The title of the book is Man Enough, Undefining My Masculinity. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And if our listeners would like to find out more about you, Justin, how can they do so? Follow me on all the social networks uh, at Justin Baldoni, or you can pick up the book literally anywhere. Support an indie bookstore or Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever your books are sold. All right. Thank you. I know you got to run. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, my man. Much love. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. 